0: Welcome back to First Rounds on Me, the podcast about dating, relationships, love, sex, and everything in between. I'm Steve, along with my co-host and First Rounds on Me founder and CEO, Joe Feminella. If you're completely new to First Rounds on Me, we're a dating app that cuts out all the small talk and encourages you to actually go on real dates so you can create a real, genuine connection in person rather than trying to through a phone screen. If you haven't downloaded From yet, go to the App Store, create your profile, find yourself a date, fall in love, and make some beautiful babies. If we're not in your city yet, we're working to get there as soon as possible. If you're loving the app, please consider leaving us a rating and review on the App Store. This really helps us grow, and we love give, getting your feedback. If you have a From success story, we'd love to hear all about it and feature you on our social media. Today's guests are Maddie Orlando and Aiden Brown. Maddie is the founder of Artless, a clothing brand built on the fundamental desire to inspire those who wear it to feel confident in their expression of self. Additionally, Maddie and her sister Lauren are the co-creators of the Call Your Friends podcast, where they chat about fashion, skincare, beauty, health and fitness, and more. Aiden is in his last semester of USC Film School and is currently directing and producing short films and movies. Maddie, Aiden, welcome to the show. Thank Thank you so much. Great to have you guys here.
1: Excited to be here.
0: Great to be here, guys. Uh, How are you? Uh, We like to start with that, just checking in with our guests. How are you guys?
1: I'm good. A little tired today, but good.
0: Okay. Yeah. Likewise, I uh, think a bit
2: tired, lots of traffic today, but otherwise, can't complain. Yes, yeah, Joe, Joe's a little, a little late today. It's been a rough late, day. But
3: today was, today Fashionably was actually, actually a traffic day. No,
1: it was it really was. bad. It,
3: it was definitely a
2: traffic day. So.
1: Everyone says that it's in smart. LA, but it was especially bad today.
0: Yeah, I love how we're all wearing black. We did not coordinate that. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I like it. I love it. Well, I wanted to start, Maddie, with um, the importance of family. Right. I know you're very close to the family and your, your siblings specifically, mm-hmm. right? So can you talk about maybe how that's kind of shaped you and, and
1: gotten you where you are today? Yeah. I have a big family of three siblings and we spend a lot of time together. And I like to say that we're close physically. Like my parents like to have us all together and also like emotionally, like share a lot of stuff with each other. We also work together. So that has been interesting. Like it, it's good and bad depending on the week, honestly, but yeah, family is a huge part of my life. Um, I have a podcast with my sister, so we spend tons of time together. And it's just nice to like know that people are always there for you and like always have your best interest at heart. For sure. Yeah.
0: Aiden, how about you? Is, is family important to you? 100%. I think um,
2: unlike Madison, I'm an only <laughs> child. And um, so I've grown up very tight with both of my parents, I think at, um, at, at points almost too close, um, very close proximity. But... Um, my dad comes from a family of eight and my mom from a family of six. So I've been around a lot of people every year we have trips and I I do work with my mom as well. Um, so family is very important. Cool. Are you from LA originally? I am. Yeah. I'm born and raised here. Cool.
3: Yeah. That's the, I mean, we rarely get people who are from LA and also that are close to their families. Like usually, Really. yeah, I would say usually either an expat of LA or, you kind of don't have a strong family dynamic, but it's so interesting and amazing to have two guests because I come from that background as well. Like I'm super close with my family. Uh, They're in New York though, especially New York. Yeah. yeah, Which is kind of, I'm kind of jealous in a way that you guys actually get to live in LA and have your families around. It's so cool. Right. But uh, yeah, super interesting.
0: Yeah. Is a, a big family important in terms of children? Do you want to have a certain number of children?
1: I did think that, like, when I was growing up, I'm like, I'm definitely going to have four kids because it's the only thing I ever knew, obviously. But now I'm like, four kids is a lot of work. Like, <laughs> I feel for my parents now because I'm older. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how you did that. Oh, yeah. Joe's
3: one of four as well. Yeah, no, so really. how far apart are you and the siblings?
1: I'm the oldest, and then my sister's 24, and then 20 and 18.
3: And so how old are you? 26. Okay, so... So w- it was
1: like two of us, a little break, and then two more.
3: Yeah, so mm-hmm. we were... I'm um, 32, then I got 31... Then 29, and then 27. So it's four, or six years apart. Mm. Pumping them wow. out yeah. over there. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: back, to back to back. Shout, to back out, to. shout out to Jackie. <laughs> um, what I do want to ask you what does a great first date look like to each of you?
1: I feel like I haven't been on that many first dates. Like I've met people through friends or like in a more casual yeah, setting. Casual setting um i'm trying to think of like what an amazing first day would be like
0: well let's say you you meet someone through friends in a casual setting and you're like oh i really like this person Mm -hmm. right Right. what would a like what would be the next step would you go on a proper (laughs) proper? (laughs) yeah
1: okay so
2: madison and i met
0: at actually through a friend of ours
2: at soho house and it was late we were having drinks we were talking blah 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 and it was kind of like let's hang out over the weekend let's go for a hike and then we ended up um meeting up a couple of days after and went for a hike and then went for sushi and it was very casual and, and then natural and then it kind of just progressed but mm-hmm. I think personally first dates I haven't gone on that many first dates mm-hmm. I think it's like a very casual setting like like you say mm-hmm.
1: uh,
3: but so y- so you guys weren't friends ahead of time you had met a <coughs> friend and mm-hmm. then went on
2: this hike well yeah. we kind of progressed Our, it was very much friends
3: at first and then we just
2: it worked together, and then it kind of just progressed into a relationship.
3: Nice. So you guys yeah. had, the like, security behind it. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. kind Definitely. of had some mutual friends in the middle. Would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> but
1: I think the first time that we met, I was interested in Aiden because we were talking a lot. We had really good conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say that would be, like, a sign that you're having a good first date if it's easy right. to talk to the person. Like, you're on the same page on a lot of things.
3: You say that, she, she said that there's not a lot of interesting guys in L.A. Okay, so, so. I, I mean, I think there's, I, very I think there's a lot of surface level interesting people. In 100 oh, percent. But I think a lot of it's surface level. Yeah, I agree. Like, mm-hmm. there's very few people you could actually sit down and just have a, a talk for hours. I remember on Hannah and I's first date, we we went to Gracias Madre, mm-hmm. and the waiter had to come over three times because we were just talking so much, mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, like you, <laughs> you guys, guys want right? to food? <laughs> and Like, oh, like we were legitimately like sorry, but we were just so engaged in the conversation, and I think that's. That's a great yeah, sign, you know. It's, it's it's the key, I think, to a healthy relationship is good conversation. Now, you said that you were interested in him right when you met him. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of position yourself to not get in the friend zone and kind of give a vibe of like, "Hey, I'm open to hang out with you"?
1: I personally didn't feel like I was in the friend zone.
3: You did, or you didn't? Did not. Okay.
1: Um, I don't know. I like. Did you have the intention of being friends when we met? That Ye- was
2: Yeah, I mean, full full context, I was out of of another relationship Mm -hmm. that was long and back and forth from L.A. to to Europe. So I was kind of in the stage of like kind of winding down and figuring out what I wanted next. And then I think Madison and I just hit it off. And it was very natural. And I, I don't think that like I was thinking about a relationship at the time but as months went on, it, it definitely progressed into, into that. But
3: I'm trying to think back. I mean, we, we,
2: we hung out a lot, though. Well, I think that it, it was like every day, gym, you know, going to lunch, doing stuff together. I think it just built a nice, solid foundation.
3: Yeah, and I think those are, like, really good indicators when you're not looking for a relationship. When, yeah. Like, same with me. Like, when I got out here, I wasn't really looking in a relationship. But the connection was so deep that I was like, okay, let's keep hanging out because Mm -hmm. I just enjoy hanging out with you and see where it goes. Whereas opposed to, I think some people look for a connection Mm. and maybe they kind of settle because they're like, I just want to be in a relationship with somebody. And that first person that gives them kind of what they want, they're like, okay, I guess this is good enough for now.
2: I Mm -hmm. think one thing that I learned um, from my mother is that she always kind of ingrained this This thing into my head where if you if you're looking for something it's kind of hard to find it and sometimes it blindsides you and then it turns into a good situation so definitely point in fact
3: in in this case
0: yeah and we always talk about how it's much more attractive right if someone else because there's people whose main mission is to find somebody right right and they don't have a higher purpose or they don't have something that's driving them in life Right. Right. right and i feel like when someone has that it makes them more attractive in general and it kind of allows a relationship to potentially happen more organically as opposed to like doing everything to try to get a particular person. Also, I think when that happens, you you don't, you almost, some people almost take the first person that shows interest in them as opposed to finding like the right person or the person they want to try with.
1: Yeah. They're just trying to like slot somebody into the position of boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is, rather than finding someone who they really want or like will really add to their life. Yeah. Yeah. I always think it's more attractive too to have your own thing going on. And then, yeah, Yeah. if the person if you meet someone who's really great and like adds value, it's amazing. But you're not looking for them necessarily.
0: Yeah. Love that. Exactly. Uh, So you said you had gotten out of something. Were you guys ever on dating apps?
1: I was on Raya, but not seriously. Um, I feel like that's what everyone says. Absolutely absolutely what everyone says. Because It's just not real, but not (laughs) so not really. Yeah.
2: Okay. I think I downloaded Tinder once or twice. I
3: don't see you as a Tinder guy.
2: I don't see myself as a Tinder guy <laughs> either. I think I downloaded Tinder and Bumble maybe when I was, for the wrong reasons, maybe when I was on a trip somewhere with, with my friends and we just were like, well, who's in town? But um, no, I've never been one to really like fully give my all to a dating app.
3: So it seems like you guys are like really intentional about who you give your time to, who you get into relationships with, like where where do you think that stemmed from, like, especially like... You know, you're both really good-looking people. You're in L.A., you're young, you're around all these people probably. And I'm sure you both get pursued all the time when you were single. Right. How did you kind of, kind of understand, like, I don't just want to hook up with people and date people. I, I actually am true to myself and want a more real thing, and I'll wait for that to come along.
1: I think for me, I was always really busy with work, and that made it easy to not get distracted by guys or, like, wanting a relationship because I didn't really feel like I needed it. Like, I always... This is what I used to say to myself. Like, I feel fully fulfilled in my life with the stuff I have going on, whether it's my family or work stuff. So I don't feel like I need something. But if I find someone or I meet someone out or whatever it is, that's great. And, like, I'm definitely interested in potentially pursuing something, but I'm not looking. But Then I'm like, I'm sure there'll be a point in my life where I should start looking. (laughs) But I just didn't get there yet. Okay. Nice. Well, I
0: actually had that question for later, right? So I was going to say that you seem very independent and confident being by yourself and, and, you know, you seem good by yourself from what I gathered from (laughs) my research. Um, but still as a woman, right. Did you feel pressure from either society or family or anybody to get into a relationship and start to go down that path?
1: Not family, luckily, but definitely society. And also I'm from Toronto, so it's a little bit of a different mindset than LA. I think in LA it's not abnormal for people to be in their mid twenties and like not settling down, and having kids and stuff. But sure. in Toronto, it's a little bit more, it's not like a small town, but more of a small town small town mentality. So some of my friends are getting engaged and getting married. And I'm like, hmm, is that <laughs> something that I should be thinking about right. too? But luckily in LA, I think there's a lot of people that are doing their own thing and are not following a traditional path necessarily. So I like that. Um, but yeah, I definitely have thought about it. It's definitely a thought I have even still at this point.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like just, um, you know, we're in our 30s and back home, the pressure to get in a relationship and to get married and have kids was, you know, so heavy on us as well. And we always talk about like in LA, I feel like age doesn't really matter. I know a lot of people say that, but I really feel like here it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter because everybody's, like you said, working on a passion or a goal. And it's like, it's more of a mindset than an age thing. And we are like risk takers being here and, you know, being those people who are going to be, changing the world whether it's through film or clothing or modeling or apps right and like people will appreciate us one day and we're kind of living our passions and they're living vicariously through us right
1: yeah i don't think that or something i've had to realize is one path is not necessarily better than the other like it's easy to compare yourself to someone else who seems maybe further along in their life Mm -hmm. because they're married or whatever like objective we see as like the next step but it's not necessarily that they're further along, you're just on different paths.
3: Exactly. I think that's, yeah, that's a, an very amazing well way to look at yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> very well said. So now is your family in Toronto or here?
1: They go back and forth. Okay. So my dad works in Toronto, so he's there most of the time. My mom likes to be in LA, especially in the winter. <laughs> and then my siblings work in the entertainment industry. So they spend time here, but also like to be back in Toronto as well. Nice. I'm the only one that's, actually my younger, my youngest sister goes to USC. So we're both here permanently, but then the other two, Go back and forth.
0: So cool. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so this is kind of a two-part question, but they're, they're very similar, so I'll ask them together. The first one would be, what qualities do you look for in somebody, in a partner? And then also, what qualities contribute to a healthy, happy, successful, long-term relationship? So I guess we'll start with, what do you look for in somebody?
1: For me, I look for someone who has ambition like doing their own thing and kind of match my independence (laughs) maybe and confidence i think that's really attractive Mm -hmm. um those are like the two main things i think also for me being good with family is important because that's just something that's like a big part of my life trying to think of other qualities do you want to say yours
0: Hmm. um have you met the family yet by the way
2: I have met everybody except the father. Oh, <laughs> now is okay. that purposely
3: set up?
1: No, he's, no, just, he's just not here he's, very he's often. Busy
3: guy. Okay.
2: Yeah. But okay. I would. I'm definitely. Oh,
1: goes,
3: yeah. I feel like excited as that test. I think so. Well, I think yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, you're good with parents.
2: Aiden. I'm. I'm good with parents. <laughs> um, the question was my the qualities I look for
0: in somebody mm-hmm. to maintain a healthy relationship. Um, or at the beginning, and then like you know when you first meet somebody. I think what I
2: personally look for is also i'll piggyback on the aspect of family i think because it was just ingrained in me since i was a child that i i think back, go, going back to the kind of pressure of um getting married at a specific age i think the pressure that i had was more of you need to marry someone who has a good family mm-hmm. life someone who's connected to their mother their father their siblings if they have them um and so i think that for me was always in the back of my head and um I think with Madison, she has such a good connection with all of her siblings and her mom and her dad. I think that to me is a, it's a healthy, number one, it's a healthy foundation. And I think that it also just proves um, stability in all aspects of life. Um, I think another big one for me is just having a good sense of humor. I think because I joke a lot and maybe some of my jokes are a bit like, I go over the edge a bit, but I think it's all (laughs) with good intention and um, I like to joke around and just have a good time, and I think that someone who can match that energy is um, is pretty cool. But we, she is very in, uh, independent, and I think that I'm independent in um, a, a lot of ways. But we do our own things, and then we we come back together, and it's a it's a good, healthy match.
3: You guys seem well beyond your years, <laughs> and Thank you. yeah, and these answers Thanks. it's so, so funny because Steve does a lot of on the street stuff, like asking people questions, oh, cool. and you know he asks someone about like qualities in a partner, but also, like, an amount of income they, they make, right? Right. And this woman gave a great answer of, like, you know, I don't really care about the, a number of income. I care about if they're passionate and have goals and yeah, yeah, ambitious, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is great. And I think that is the actual response that it should be. Right. And we had so many people commenting, like, no, like, a, a partner needs to make X amount of dollars. And it's, like, seeing, like, what I go through and, like, having true love and, like, you can't put a dollar amount on love, right? If you're looking for someone that makes a certain amount of money – you're kind of just um, picking and choosing like a, like a payment kind of thing, which right. doesn't make sense, and it's not like love. It's, it's a bit unfair, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it puts a lot
2: of pressure on the person, especially if maybe they don't make as much money as the spouse or the partner would like them to. I think that's a
3: tricky situation. And then it's like if say two people do meet, right, and they they have no idea how much money each person makes, and they they're kissing and you know having great banter, right, and then they find out after oh you only make this much money, can you like turn off and be like, oh, I actually don't want to be with you because that would be ridiculous. Like why would you turn down such an amazing connection based off of something so transactional?
1: I also think that like having the ambition or the ability to set goals and want to achieve things for yourself is a better way of looking at it than like a dollar figure because money comes and goes. Exactly. It doesn't really matter that much. But if having someone who's successful is important to you, I feel like they'll always be successful in what they do if they have that sort of mindset.
3: Yeah, Yeah, and when the money comes and goes, right, like, when it goes, do you have that person that's with you in the the thick of it? That's what matters. And when it comes, it's like, does that person see you, not the money? Because, like, those two things are the most important. It's probably extremely hard for some people. I mean, I I would assume for the majority of people. Yeah, and that's, that's what I find so fascinating about L.A. is, like... Especially here. Yeah, like, a lot of people are working on cool stuff. A lot of people are really smart. But I think when it comes down to actual human connection, whether that's, like, relationship or friend... There's yeah. just like an ulterior motive, whether it's like I only want to date this guy who's got this much money, or I only want to date this girl who could like get more followers from me, right? right? It's right. like if you if you treat people, friends and relationships that way, eventually you're just gonna fall off with everybody, and mm-hmm. you have to work through a circle of friends, a circle of relationships, and it's like mm-hmm. just exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's not sustainable. Do
1: you think that's like a LA specific thing, like the? I think it's for- like a big
3: city thing, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of people who live in big cities like are obviously working towards big goals and like right. you have so many options whether it's friends or relationships and i think the more you go around that loop the more you drain yourself and then you figure out hey i actually want to connect with real people i actually want to be in a real relationship mm-hmm. and i think it's really hard for those people the longer they stay in that loop because you've kind of exhausted so many relationships that people are like you're you're a fake right you
0: know? mm-hmm. i think it's it definitely like an on steroids version in la for oh. sure yeah yeah i always think reputation. about it uh, what's that
1: LA has that reputation for exactly.
0: sure. Exactly, and I, I kind of think about it as like a chicken egg thing, right? Are the are those people do they come here or does LA kind of like create those Hatch people? And it's, think <laughs> it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah, like definitely. if you can either get worse by it or you can block it out and and just be, um, you know, kind of like someone with their head screwed on straight with not looking for that type of thing. right
1: mm-hmm. it's definitely around you. So mm-hmm. if you're not aware of it, I feel like you kind of get pulled in a little bit.
0: Yeah, and we always say like L.A., but L.A. is such a big place, right? And we're probably specifically talking about like West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, a little bit of stuff out in like Santa Monica, Venice, like those types of crowds. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, especially this area in particular, it's definitely heightened. Yeah, I agree. And I would say like my
3: experience, because I moved here three years ago, when I first got here, I was like, "Ah, I don't really like the people. Like, you know, it's what we're talking about. And now I've kind of found really good friends. And I'm like, I love L.A. because... I picked and choose, and I'm in the right circles with yeah. people who actually care about me, and I'm like, oh, this place is amazing. I love it. That's, that's
2: I think, the sweet spot in Los Angeles. I pr- I'm born and raised here, so I have been around so many different kind of people with different intentions, rich people, people with mediocre income. I've been around a lot of people here, and I have definitely have found that my core group of friends have been people that are also from L.A., but just normal people. I mean my childhood best friends that I've known since I was two years old, born and raised in LA. And it's just, they're here. You just got to find them and you got to pick and choose. Because I think in the recent, I think in the recent 10 years, maybe a bit more, a lot of people have come here in this, especially in this generation with TikTok and all this stuff. They come here in hopes to make money and to just do all the lavish things Mm -hmm. that LA has to provide. And it's not invasive at all, but it's just like that kind of group, I think, Brings in even the um, normal LA kids, and then it just kind of gets into this whole circle, kind yeah, of cyclical. Well, I would even say, thing. when I
3: met you, right? Because I met you at, at Jonah's that night with Jonathan, right? Yeah, and yeah, you gave off just like that genuine, like nice well, thank to meet you. you kind of vibe. And I appreciate it. Was, it was awesome because, <laughs> like, I'm really big on that. Like, if I meet somebody new, which you do all the time here, but right. um, you could tell within five minutes. What they're like right, right. and right. when i met you you were asking a lot of questions about the apple about me about hannah right mm-hmm. and i was like oh this guy for such a young you know kid yeah um was just so genuine and just like wanted to get to know us and it just was so refreshing whereas in la you meet people and like oh i'm working on this this is what i do right. and it's like okay like i can only listen to what you <laughs> right. do for like so long and i don't <laughs> care
1: <laughs> yeah i just want to talk about themselves mm-hmm. My sister says to Aiden, you're the only normal guy I've met in LA. <laughs>
3: but it's true. and, and I like, try. Thank you very much. No, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, with even with this show and like with the app, like we don't want to work with people just because they have like a following or because like they could move us to some stratosphere. It's like we, we genuinely want to be involved with people that are genuine. And that's why like Jonathan has been a staple. And like with you, I was like, okay, like I actually want to talk to you and get to know you. And like, Build a community around the people that you know, right? Because yeah. Because it's like you meet through friends, like you connect through friends. Yeah. It's like we're just building that bigger, genuine
2: community. I think that's a really smart move, honestly. Mm-hmm. To not target just the influencers or just the people with a high following and and uh, big accomplishments. It's it's smart, I think.
0: Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, we kind of learn the hard way too with just getting the wrong, trying to get the wrong people on board at first, and realizing either, uh, I mean, if you're looking at it like. Logically, that their followers are fake or like, right? Um, you know, bots and stuff. But also, just from a like Joe saying a genuine standpoint, like we want people who actually believe in it, and their audiences, you know, have a similar belief to us. So, also for the record, when Joe said he moved here in 2020 and didn't like the people, I was the <laughs> only person he actually knew here. So he didn't like me apparently. Oh, no, um, so really. You I don't uh-oh. know how that makes me feel. You That's didn't been, count. Um, <laughs> Well, what are uh, I want to talk about non-negotiables for a relationship. What are some of your non-negotiables?
1: Let me think. I don't know if I have, like, any hard and fast non-negotiables. I think it's more so I have, like, standards or things that are important to me. Um, But I'm trying to think of, like, one thing that would be completely off limits. Maybe someone who, like, didn't have a plan for their life or, like, didn't have much ambition. Like, that's... Really important to me, but what know. about
0: general? Just a general turnoff, maybe. And I'm I'm gonna exclude being rude to waitstaff because that's what everyone
1: says. Yeah, that is bad. That would be a <laughs> big turnoff for sure. Being rude in general, like that sort of attitude, I think is a turnoff. Um, I don't know. Can you think of any non-negotiables?
2: I'm sure I have a couple, but my mind is blanking. Um,
3: let me think. Joe,
0: did you have any when you? Uh,
1: uh
3: no, but I think. I mean, obviously we learned so much doing this but you see on like instagram and tiktok all these people talk about the red flags right if, if someone does this run away which i hate because mm-hmm. every story is unique right and you don't yeah. know context and you don't know what's behind re- like reasoning behind each situation so like i don't know a non-negotiable for me is probably someone who just didn't have the same outlook on life as me right like I think the main thing that Hannah and I really connected on was, like, we wanted to make a lot of money, but we wanted to give back. We wanted to help people, and, like, we had we wanted to have a family, right? And I think just that genuine – like, you could feel someone's genuine and intentional, right? Of course. And I think I've always been trying to embody that with this app. And when I met her, yeah, she was really pretty, and uh, maybe that's why I initially went out with her or it helped because, like, she was really pretty. But then talking to her, it went from, okay, this is just going to be a one-time date with this person into – Oh wow! Like not only is she really pretty, I'm really attracted to her, but her morals and values are so aligned with mine, which made me more attracted to her. Because once you could start to see a future with somebody, it just it just sets you off in a different a different light with that person. So 100%. Uh, yeah, I think a non negotiable would just an outlook on life for me. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I think yeah. one like obvious one or like more clear would be not wanting to have kids because that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I think non-negotiables are a little bit simplistic like you're saying like it's more of like you can't really say red flags because everything has a backstory or there's just things that you are more willing to negotiate on than others i think
3: yeah for sure and all these people that talk about red flags you don't know the feeling you have for each other and you don't know like we always we, we had someone talk about if a guy doesn't answer you or if a guy pulls away after the second date run away because he's not interested in you. And I was like, that's so not true because Mm -hmm. after my second date with Hannah, I pulled away because I liked her so much and I got scared. And you just don't know what someone's thinking on the other side. Right. For sure. I I kind
2: of agree. And I think, um, I don't know if I would call it a non-negotiable, but I think just having the outlook on life. But I I think one of the things to me that really makes me like a person and have some sort of like... um, I'm very comfortable with you and I can see if uh, a, a long term is not judging people mm-hmm. and I think not judging a book by its cover especially and giving people the benefit of the doubt to an extent. I think Madison has that quality. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just people who judge, a lot of people in LA judge. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Sure. Inevitable yeah. to not want to judge people here. Um, but I think if you can get beyond that, especially
0: not being from here, I think it's um, a really good quality. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I'm glad you brought up the not, um, you said kids or marriage? Kids. Kids. Okay, because yeah. what I was going to say is we had a matchmaker, celebrity matchmaker. I don't know why I did that because she might make sense. <laughs> celebrity matchmaker. Shout out, Allie. Um, And she had, a, she had something where she said basically the three, I think she might have even called them non-negotiables, but mm-hmm. in order to set someone up, it's how do you feel about marriage? How do you feel about kids and religion? Those mm-hmm. are the three that if there's any one of them off, they probably... Unless it's like a very unique situation. Religion. Well, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think religion yeah. is interesting too, because like she's probably talking more extremes. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. like if someone was,
3: re- like if Hannah was really religious, and since I'm not, I'm just like whatever, I'd probably be like, okay, like I'll be religious for you, I guess, because I don't really care. I see both sides actually. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I think I mean, if, or if you both had extreme or like more set views on religion, it would be important to you that you would find someone that shared similar views probably
2: did you grow up pretty religious no did you go to a catholic school
1: um i didn't go to a catholic school but i i went to a school that like practiced religion but i didn't i wasn't religious personally Mm -hmm. but um yeah i think those are the type of questions that don't on like your dating app profile they say like do you want kids yeah Um, yeah. do you do drugs stuff like that that are i guess those would be people's non-negotiables
0: yeah yeah right And we even have options where it's, you know, drink sometimes or drink often, right? Drink often, drink sometimes, don't drink. So, yeah, I think those things are important at least to, if if you have a very strong position on them, right? Mm -hmm. Just to filter through. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, All right. So what about once you're in a relationship, what are the things that you find to be most important to have a happy, healthy, successful relationship? Like, you know, there's obvious things like trust and communication, but- uh, w- you know maybe what else or, or get more specific on those if you, if you think they're and important. how long have you guys been in a relationship
1: not very long we've been long. seeing each other f- since mm-hmm. like December I okay so it's but, getting there but we've like been picking up ju- dating for like a month
2: like a month okay. <laughs> yeah
0: okay. it's very new but it feels like it's been going been on friends for, for quite, a long quite time. some time nice cool
1: um I think and trust- you don't have to
0: speak about yours but in general like yeah relationships
1: I think trust is super important. That's probably number one for me because I feel like if you don't have trust, it will cause so many other problems. Even if there aren't issues there, like you're always going to be expecting there to be problems. So that's number one. Communication I could probably be better at. <laughs> Aiden's actually very good at communication. So
3: good job, Aiden. I think. Thank you.
1: <laughs> that is important, but I am not the best at it. Um, and I think. Also having a level of independence. I know we've talked about it, but just like having your own thing, your own life and not needing the other person necessarily, but being able to like add to each other's lives, being whole on your own and like coming together.
0: Yeah. I kind of always, I have my own little list and I always say one plus one equals three. Mm -hmm. Right. For a relationship. Exactly. I like that. (laughs) That's
1: good. How about
0: you? I kind of agree with a
2: lot. A lot with you said that. That's that's good. That is great. That's a good sign. First rule. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I don't um, know. It's not a difficult question, but I, I think I just would piggyback off of what you said.
3: Yeah. Trust is huge. Yeah, if and I you think you trust know. each other. Yeah, and I think if you have, I think someone said that uh, if a woman feels trusted and a man feels respected, those are like the recipes yeah. for a really healthy relationship. I agree.
1: I feel like respect would be Number something two. that you would say because yeah. you always talk about that.
3: Yeah, I think
2: respect is is definitely something that I value and high uh, or hold to a high standard. It's just respecting each other, life, people, and and um, family. I think is pretty big. But. I love that you're a good communicator. Mm-hmm. I, it's a very great quality. It's strange because I didn't think that I was a good communicator, but I guess that I am. I mean, I I definitely. To me, a, the, a big thing is just working things out. If, let's say, a fight occur, occurs or, or some sort of small um, banter, disagreement, I think the best way to resolve it, if you're on the phone, just to talk it out and just communicate how you really yeah. feel. And, and that's, like, to me, is, like, that's the, that's one of the keys, I think, to a really healthy and long-lasting relationship is communication.
3: That is a great sign because that was one thing that we struggled with originally was, like, communication. Yeah, yeah we, we were we thought so differently. We came from such different backgrounds. And we were always fighting, like, thought we were against each other. It's and good to then, have perspective, though. Yeah, and, and then slowly over time, we were like, okay, let's communicate why we actually feel this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we realized, okay, we're not disagreeing or against each other. We're just thinking about it differently. Differently. So the communication helps a lot. It's definitely easy
2: to get heated and, and kind of state the way you feel, and, and that's that. But I think really diving deep into it is, um. is... You're not a bad communicator, I wouldn't say, <laughs> but maybe...
1: Y- yeah. Know. I think communication is good because it opens up, like, uh, resolving whatever you're talking about, and you're mm-hmm. good at that. Like, let's resolve this right now instead of letting it carry on into the next day or whatever it is, yeah. and then a small problem becomes so much bigger because you didn't talk about it, which is kind of what I do. Because I'm like, let me think about this and think about how I want to explain myself to you. I would say that I'm like, I need time, <laughs> but then it does drag the issue into like whatever multiple days or however long it takes for you to think about it. So it's better just to resolve things in the moment. I agree, but it is hard for me. (laughs) Yeah,
3: and I think that the more you communicate, right, as time goes on, the more comfortable you feel with each other where you could actually be honest, like whether it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, sexually or, you know, what you value or um, just things along those lines where it's like the more that you are honest and know about each other, you could kind of build on those foundations. And then there's kind of less secrets of like, Mm -hmm. oh, you did this and you know I don't like it. Where in the beginning, like you try to feel each other out and you communicate more and more over time. And then hopefully as months and years go on, it's like you've communicated so much with the other person that you kind of know exactly how they tick. You kind of know Mm -hmm. what makes them feel good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think something for me, especially earlier on or like before we were in a relationship was I don't want to say what I want or like.
3: Have high expectations. Yeah. Like
1: I'm like, oh, I don't want to make it seem like I care too much or Mm -hmm. something like that because. Like, it wasn't a defined relationship. I think that is a little bit hard to navigate. But then once I realized... That phase
3: is, is weird.
2: It's mm-hmm. like, what do you say? Can you hold people to certain expectations? Yeah.
1: Like, can you... Can I say, like, oh, I don't want you to do this. But right, then right. You're, what you're saying is so true. Like, once you are able to say, like, this is... It's fine to talk about this. Then you can be honest with each other. And it, like, solves so many issues, I think.
3: Yeah. And I think it's it's little things too like you're talking about independence right mm-hmm. and i think independence is so important but maybe in the beginning of a relationship you're like hey i'm going out with my girlfriend tonight right and maybe aiden is like oh like okay i'm not in a position to say i want to question where you're going or what you're doing because you know we're new and i don't want to come off too strong then the more you let that build up say a year or two and he's like hey like where are you going with your friend and you're like well you never asked mm-hmm. me that before like mm-hmm. why do you care and it's like, yeah, it's, it would become a strange question as you get years in. But right. after a month, if you're like, hey, I genuinely just don't care. I'm just curious, right? Like, you know, I want you to be independent, but maybe it just helps me feel a little more comfortable of like, hey, like, where are you going with your friends? Maybe I want to know if you're safe or mm-hmm. like if I could do anything to help. And then it just creates that trust and that circle of love. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree.
0: Matt, can you talk more about what you said Um, Show not showing that you care too much. I think mm-hmm. that's really interesting. I want to dive into that a little bit. Head yeah.
1: first. <laughs> maybe this is like an avoided attachment thing. I don't know if you guys ever talk about attachment theory. Almost every episode. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely on the more avoidant side of the spectrum. So I'm always like, I want to be the one who like shows less emotion or cares less, especially at the beginning.
0: Intentionally. Mm, or
1: I not really that intentionally, but I kind of realized I was doing it, and I think it's because we had a period of like not being in a defined relationship for so long where my past relationships i entered a relationship where we're like okay we're boyfriend and girlfriend more quickly so then i'm like okay i'm allowed to show that i care or whatever it was but in this one it was a little bit different so i found myself doing that more um but i don't think it was super intentional (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i just learned this about myself recently
3: yeah we always talk about those two methodologies i guess or ways of dealing with things and uh yeah. It's interesting. Like I would say I'm an avoidant just because I don't want to avoid the situation, but I know that if I'm an aggressor or coming off the way that she is and, you know, fueling that fire, it's just going to create a big disaster. Very Whereas far. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let me pull myself out of the situation. Hopefully this whole situation comes down. Um, I'm not, that I don't care as much, but it's like, it's not as exciting me as much as it's exciting her. Yeah. So let me just take a step back. Hopefully that diffuses a lot of the situation. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Aiden Aiden seems very secure.
1: Yeah, I would say you're secure for sure. <laughs> secure attachment style? I,
0: I, I think so.
2: Honestly, I'm, I'm not too, I haven't read too much up on the attachment theory, to be honest. So I uh, don't think I can really classify <laughs> myself on the spectrum. But I would say
3: that from um, I'm probably opposite of Mm-hmm. of you
1: mm-hmm. i think so too yeah well,
3: i think that makes sense with communication 100 right? like yeah. when, if you guys ever fight you want to communicate and it's not an attachment thing per se but it's like hey like what's the problem let's mm-hmm. get to the root of it i think that if her. there's a
2: problem or if i'm also just a very um upfront straightforward person kind of mm-hmm. blunt straight to the point i think um in certain aspects maybe that's not the the best way to handle situations but i um do think in that stage where it was a little bit um, not in a relationship, a little iffy, not iffy, but just in that middle undefined in the mm-hmm. undefined stage. Um, she was deaf. I definitely saw a, a change once we made it um, clear that we were in a relationship. She was like, okay, I, I don't have to have feel or act this or... way. I, I can mm-hmm. be myself fully and just kind of act like we're in a relationship. So I think there is, I think it's good to an extent I, I do because then you don't put yourself on the line so much and then end
0: up, Evidently, getting hurt yeah and building the trust yeah right i think it's smart do you think that you got your communication um skills and got comfortable from, was it from your parents or did you have like a household where you guys talked a lot and talked openly from my spanish
2: mother yes um mm, she is a uh, very communicative person she will always i mean very loud person and just always wants to either um heal a situation, mend, or get to the bottom of something. It's rarely an instance in my childhood where she was quiet about something. If there was an issue, she would confront it right away, but in a very respective and kind of, um, she maneuvered situations very well. And my dad was a bit less, um, not confrontational, but just didn't communicate as well. And that's something, as an only child, you know, you have two people that you live with for your whole life, and you see how they act, and when you get to a certain age you understand how each person's personality um, works with each other. And I definitely got my communication skills from my mom. Is Um, your father American? or My father's Canadian, actually. He was born in Canada. Oh, Um, you got that tie? Yeah. (laughs) He was born in Canada. And then um, kind of his father was in the military uh, in in the Air Force. He uh, was a pilot. So they um, traveled everywhere. I think he lived in the Philippines and France and a bunch of places. But um, born in Canada. Um, uh, so it was, um, I think it's just also in the Latin blood to just kind of talk and work things out. So I I definitely appreciate that, um, skill from my mom. That was a beautiful response. Yeah.
3: That was really beautiful. Yeah. And I think you, from what I know, I don't know you too well yet, but, um, you know, what we do is we take qualities from both parents or whoever's in our lives and we try and make the most out of those qualities. Right. And it seems like you did a really phenomenal job taking communication from your mom. I I have
2: my ups and downs. I can't say that I'm a great communicator, but I I definitely uh, try my best to um, communicate as best as I can in in specific situations. But, you know, nice. I feel like most
1: guys, from my experience at least, aren't great communicators. So I was like, you're really good at explaining how you feel or like you're not shy to share your feelings, which is kind of hard to find.
2: I think it goes back. uh, I'm not sure if you guys ever bring up just the topic of emotional intelligence. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
3: think like deeply we talk about
2: I think that it goes into that realm where my mom is um, a little maybe too much of an um, emotional intelligent being. Uh, I think there's a fine line where uh, between IQ and, and EQ or EI, I guess. Um, but um, I, I think she was very emotionally intelligent and uh, was able to very empath. And, uh, and it kind of just allowed me to naturally
3: grasp that. Um, yeah, I think situation. EQ is so much more important than IQ, especially as you get into the business world. And you know, we're seeing that because you deal with so many people right. and the more that you can relate can to them it, yeah. and manage them and lead them, that's more of an EQ than an IQ, right? And I think if you have a good EQ, you have such an advantage in life because the key to life is to understanding people and helping people and growing right. with people. So yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I think the She's LA She's good thing, at that. Most women have great EQs. Yeah. <laughs> they, their intuition is, is great from what I learned from Hannah, but I think I think you're exactly right about guys in LA because we get a lot of women on the show, right, and most of them are trying to date or trying to find someone that they actually want to connect with, and I think maybe this is not – I don't want to shit on LA guys, but it's just more of like a, I have all these options on this broy guy. You have to cater to me. I don't really mm. care how you think because if you don't treat me the way that I want to be treated – I'll just go find another one of you. Right. And it's like, well, that's not a good way to look at it because you're not treating the other <coughs> person as like an actual human who you are going to try and understand. You're just treating them as you know the here and now option when you can just get the next best option. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Going back to the avoidance conversation, I feel like that was another reason why I was like, I don't want to seem too eager early on because I feel like that's usually how girls are with guys, especially when guys... Act like they do have a lot of options like then girls are like i need to find this per- or secure this person and i'm like i want to be the opposite of that which is maybe not great as well like to be on the other end of the spectrum but that's like something i was always the conscious of more attractive, I, think,
2: personally.
1: I think so too but it, you can't be too extreme yeah, either yeah. Way. i think
3: i think a healthy balance is great because if you are up front right away not right away but sooner than later right. if that person stays with you you know that okay this is this, this person's in it for the right reasons. And if they leave you when you're up front, then you know, okay, well, I'm not wasting any more of my time because they're not the right person that I want to be with because they're seeing my true colors and mm-hmm. they're moving on. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like a delicate balance of not being too aggressive mm-hmm. but not playing it out where eventually you're like, well, I actually like you. And it's like,
0: well, I wasted it, all this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so true. Yeah, lovely answers. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. And that's why I think it's very important these days with like the rise of podcast and there's all sorts of like if you know if you were to look online right there's all sorts of crazy definitions about like what masculine means these days and what feminine means Mm -hmm. and everything but i think the rise of podcasts and just like these types of conversations have like allowed men to like kind of get more into their feelings and be more like generally accepted and actually encouraged by society I think it's really cool. I think it's like just kind of a safe space to, even though safe space you put out on the whole internet, but safe (laughs) space to have open conversations. I agree with with you fully. I think this is also a very safe space, just to
2: put that on the record. But I do think that podcasts, uh, um, people really open up. Mm -hmm. They talk about their lives, their feelings, and I think it's a great thing,
0: especially guys. I do agree with you 100%. Yeah, and I always say, like, I I like to prepare, but I hate to look at the questions because I almost feel like I'm not as present and I don't get to, like listen as well as i could um but that's that's what joe's great at also and um (laughs) so i guess moving on also what is the best relationship advice you've ever heard or given or both because i feel like we're all experts at other people's relationships right Mm -hmm. and telling other people what to do but is there anything that sticks out that you've heard or um you know maybe helped somebody with
1: i always tell my friends i don't know if this is good advice but they'll be like what do you think i should do like should i stay with this person or not and i'm Always said, if you are happier without them than with them, then you should end it. Mm. Be, or if there's like so many problems that are coming up and it's causing you so much stress and anxiety that you wouldn't have in your life, then you should be on your own or find someone else who doesn't cause yeah. that. Because I feel like those issues never really get resolved. And if you get more and more serious, the problems just get bigger.
2: That's great advice. Really good advice. Yeah. I don't think I can top that, but I can say, <laughs> <laughs> I can say that at some point, whether it be that weird, undefined phase in, in a relationship, maybe beginning or in a long term, you got to sit down with yourself and ask yourself a series of questions and just see if you're doing good now, or if you were doing better beforehand. I'm not an expert, but I do think that checking in with yourself and just making sure that you're good and you're healthy and your stress levels are managed and your life is in good shape. Um, I think that's just the best way to kind of assess if you're good in a relationship, but also calling friends and just Call your mom, call your dad. They probably know you best. And um, I I definitely have been in a position where I've called my mom a million times and
0: had lots of conversations. That's the best advice I can give. Yeah, call your mother. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And I I love the first thing you said, especially, both things, obviously. I'm going to call my mom as soon as this is over. (laughs) Uh, I'll wake her up because she's on the East Coast. But um, the first thing you said, I think one of our other recurring through lines of the show is jay shetty his name comes up all the time love him yeah. and i think every it's, it's so funny he's like the new cool wave which i love because yeah, that's who we want to embody
1: jay shetty he's a podcast. Oh, we'll send you aiden we'll yeah. send you a bunch of please yeah listen to shetty. his episode with kendall jenner you'll love it yeah <laughs> well, we love kendall jenner
0: <laughs> yeah but one of the things that he says uh and i'm gonna probably butcher the actual um quote or whatever but he says like he checks in with his partner all the time and says, "Like, is this relationship, like, mm-hmm. I think, going in a direction or, or growing in a direction you want it to go in?" So, yeah. not only checking in with yourself, but checking in with your partner and making sure that it's headed in the right direction, I think is is huge. So, so huge.
1: I feel like you said that to me recently. You asked me. You yeah, like, I do often. Is everything good? Like, are you happy right now? Which is he's great communicating. He doesn't yeah. need Jay Shetty. He's yeah. He's you keep up with it I'm sure yourself. I <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like people don't really ask that question. So it is a good thing to bring up in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And another thing he said, which I actually like to follow, is like when when Hen and I first started, you know, fighting or, you know, dealing with things, I would ask a lot of people's advice, right? And it Mm -hmm. actually made my opinion less clear, which I didn't like. And I started to listen to outside noise. And one thing that he strives for is like, don't really let your problems outside that circle unless you have to because you're not going to get the feedback and response that's going to help your relationship.
1: Yeah, the issue with asking for a relationship is, advice is people can only give you the advice through their own perspective or experience. So it's not really objective advice. It's just like what they think from what they've done or learned in yeah. their own life.
2: Exactly. I think there's a specific group of people you could ask. Yeah, I and I think it when goes- you, yeah
3: when you said your mom... I was like, yeah. Sometimes, maybe. M- yeah, you I value my mom's opinion because she has my best interest. Whereas, like, if I was dealing with something serious and I told a friend, maybe they'd be like, "Well, I actually want you to." In, in their head, I actually want you to be single, so like we can go out more. Right. It's like, right? That's not really good advice. Probably not the per- the right person to ask. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I
2: definitely think that mom, ma- mom, you gotta pick and choose when to call your mom. I, I think, but in, right. in in the right time, it's definitely will be. Especially for mine, she'll give me an unbiased which i think is hard but
1: i think the other issue with talking to your friends about your relationship is you usually only tell them the bad things i was talking about this Mm. with my best friend recently and then your friend thinks of your partner as like this bad person but obviously they don't see the 99 percent that's amazing because you're not going to be like oh my gosh i am so happy like you're not going to tell them all the great things
3: so what did you say bad about me
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh nothing nothing but it's true
3: yeah i think that's exactly right right like we only hear the extreme things, right? Mm-hmm. Like people don't see the day-to-day. And, you know, if the day-to-day is 99% good, like you're so lucky. Why hone in on that 1% and let everybody know about that 1%? Exactly, right? Like, you're, the outside friends think, oh, he's an asshole. Like, you should leave him. He's a dick. You know, you mm-hmm. can find someone better. And it's like, well, 99% of the time, he's amazing, and we have 1% of the issue, so I feel like that's pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, it's so true.
0: Yeah, and then you get back together, and your friends are so like, are they supposed to hate the person now? Or <laughs> exactly. After <laughs> they're,
1: they're like, you need to break up with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Oh, the friends.
0: <laughs> um, okay, Maddie, at, pretend that Aiden is not sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. As a fashionista, I am going i don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to call you a fashionista. <laughs> what style do you like best on a guy, and do you think it has to uh, you great. think like his look is
1: specific Quished. to the guy um i think that fashion is important for guys i i like admire when guys dress well i think it is a great quality and before moving to la that wasn't really something that i saw that much because i feel like guys in toronto like just didn't care about clothes or it was kind of uncool to care about clothes and what you were wearing so you do have really good style actually <laughs> Um but like in terms of what outfit looks the best I feel like people can wear whatever they want as long as it is like put together nicely and they're confident like I think it's cool to be confident in what you're wearing and to care about what you're wearing. Yeah. But yeah, Eden has great bit. fashion sense. I just told you that yesterday. Oh,
2: yeah, she did. But one thing that we'll do is if we don't like if she says mm-hmm. is this a good outfit? I'm I'm just the kind of guy where I'm not going to say it's great. I'll say let's see how we can change it. And she's the same for me. If she's not if I'm not wearing something that she thinks looks good and I trust her judgment, we'll figure out something else. But I think it's good not to Yeah. Let someone walk like, out yeah. with the bad That's outfit Great, great, yeah.
3: great quality. I always yeah. do that with Hannah. Yeah. Where she's like, how do I look? And I'm like, we gonna be honest. Yeah, right? It's <laughs> like it looks obviously it looks great, but I think that looks better.
0: And yeah. she's mm-hmm. like, okay.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. great. I
3: think it's so it's so good to to be honest with each other.
0: Except yeah. on, on the wedding morning last week, I don't know. I think she was debating between the the white heels and the sneakers, and we I think we just needed to get the hell out of the house. So like, yeah, the <laughs> What'd you go with?
3: She went with uh, Steve actually gave her the advice for the white heels, which was was nice. Very that's always a good look. Like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> sneakers on the wedding day. That's cool too.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're very different. Um, okay. So I saw March twenty nineteen, you did a podcast and they asked you where you saw yourself in five years, right? Oh wow. Wow.
1: 2020
0: you said two things you said okay. living in LA full-time okay and starting a clothing company so Thank you achieved God, both did both of them <laughs> wow. in, in less than five years in four years all right so okay. I'm gonna ask you both this where do you see yourself five years from now any anything major you want to accomplish or anything anywhere you want to be specifically
1: I feel like my answers wouldn't change that much just I want to continue to live in LA and I want to continue to grow my brand and I have other goals within that, um, like with growing the brand especially. But there's not really any new projects that I want to start. That was the thing that I really wanted to do. But now it's just like bringing it to the next level. So yeah, I think I'd say the same thing. That's nice. great. That yeah. sounds yeah. like
0: you're in alignment.
2: Yeah. 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 That's awesome that you do that within the five-year mark before it. Thanks. That's rare. <laughs> um, I think for me, if I were to say, narrow it down to two, I would like to... I'm in the beginning stages of putting together a production company and starting a production. So I think in five years, I'd like to have that running stable with um, a few employees, something maybe a startup, but just kind of sinking my teeth into different feature films and stuff like that. And then I'd like to um, be happy and passionate about what I'm doing, I think is like the biggest thing for me. That's
3: the key to life.
2: It's mm-hmm. funny, I did... Um, I did a, um, a project last week where we had to, uh, for one of my um, end of semester projects for class, it was write a script, write some, some piece of art that defines a fear that you have. And I think a lot of people in the class um, took it in different ways and I, I was like, the question was what keeps you up at night? Like what is the fear that keeps you up at night? And I, I think, okay, well, being in the ocean surrounded by sharks and falling <laughs> off a cliff, stuff like that, and then I thought, maybe the fear of unknown I think that goes for a lot of people it's just what's like what's going to happen in five years where are you going to be and I think Madison does this very well is to actually write down and set goals I think that's huge is to write down a goal for yourself and she has a couple years on me so I think that I can I learn a lot from her but um like that setting a goal in five years I want to have a production company up and going um incorporated and I want to be happy with with what I'm doing I think that's um very important
3: that's awesome yeah one thing I listened to yesterday, which is directly tied to that, is the most successful people get to where they want to go to because they know where they want to go to, right? And I think that's what setting goals is—is is like right. you know where you want to get, and you're gonna set each goal, and you have a plan on getting to that goal. Um, I think that's super, super amazing. And uh, what else are they gonna say? Oh, the passion thing. One thing I always tell people is like, imagine the world if nobody knew what the other person did for a career because then every single person would just do what they're passionate about because they wouldn't care about judgment or it's really you know, trying to, to fit into this bucket of society. It's like, no, I actually just want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question, Joe, if
2: you don't mind? Yeah, sure. I think I question. definitely questions. <laughs> take and learn advice from both of you. Um, did you ever at one point in time, maybe when you were my age, um, sit down and say, I want to make a lot of money? And do you think that drove you at all? Because I, I got a not a big debate, but definitely it was an ongoing um, topic with a couple of my peers was that a lot of people, I think we were just recently in the desert and uh, one of my buddies which we both didn't agree with that much was like money equals happiness and that they just strive to make money. And I think it's like, it would be great to have a lot of, you know, monetary freedom, but I think that um, at least for me, I would love to do something that I'm passionate about, but that also comes
0: with
3: yeah, so with that, I think that's well. an amazing question, and I think, how old are you, 20, 21. 21. I think for a 21-year-old, that's the best question you could ask somebody because when I was 21 was the most stressful year of my life because I had no idea where I was going, right? right. I was graduating college, and you think when you're 21, you have to have the plan figured out, right? right. And even now, I'm 32, thinking back on life, 21 was the hardest year of my life. And yeah, I was like, how do I make a lot of money? Like, what is, what is, what is my life going to be? What's my career going to be? And I actually worked really, really hard to get a really, really good corporate job in investment banking because that's where you can make the most money, right? Mm -hmm. And I did all that. And I had my quote unquote dream job working with all these Ivy Leaguers for this investment bank, making a huge salary at a young age, say like 26, right? And... (laughs) after going through that process and doing all that hard work after 2 years i was like i hate this mm. i was like i absolutely hate this right and i then went to another corporate job and it was a little better but i was still like making money is great i of course i want to make money but why would i why would i live a life that i'm not happy and passionate about when i know i have more to give right right, right. so doing this yeah there's a potential to make a lot of money and you know that that would be great if it happens but literally every single day we wake up and work on the app, I appreciate every single day mm. because it's so much fun. And, like, what we're doing is, like, actually something that I'm passionate about is helping people connect and hopefully people find love and, like, building a project with my friends and yeah. and just, yeah, we don't make a lot of money now. That could happen. It's great. But every single day, doing something you're passionate about, we are luckier than anybody else in the world. I mean, so th- I would this- say... To your, your friend's point, yeah, it's a great debate to have with young people, but if you could make a living, whether that's making a lot of money or just enough to get by, and you're doing your passion, you're going to have a way better life than anybody else. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I hope that I can um, live up to that. Um, but, I, I
2: mean, it seems like you guys have a great time doing this podcast, and then I'm sure you have a great time. Well, I want to tell you something else because yeah, I
3: get really passionate about this. Continue, but. please. <laughs> if you're starting a business that you're passionate about, the odds of you making a lot of money from that business are way higher because you're actually putting everything into it because you right. believe in it, and that passion is going to lead to more success, right? So if you're starting a business to just make a lot of money, you're essentially not going to care about it as much because you're just the caring about an end goal of money. Right. And once that money comes in, you'll either fall off the project or not put as much attention into it, and it'll end up failing, or you'll just be in a position with money, and okay, I guess that's nice. But- if you believe in what you're doing and you're passionate about it, the odds of making that into something really fruitful monetarily are way higher. And I thought about this, my friend who's a DJ, and he wants to be a really famous DJ, but he he cares about is making money, like for these little gigs, right? And I was like, well, what if you actually cared about the music you're playing and creating an experience for the people listening, right? And then you essentially creating this experience and everybody loving it would just lead to more gigs because people <clears throat> love what you're building and then you're just going to create more money. Instead of being like, oh, I want more money. I'm just going to do this gig and I don't really right. care what I'm playing. What's the point of that? It's interesting you say that. My Jaden, my roommate, uh, he
2: every time I ask him, you have a gig coming up or something, how much did you make? Oh, I don't care about the money. He doesn't give, can I say shit on here no? Yeah, you sense? can say fuck shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter.
2: He does not give a shit about making money. And I think that's a great quality because... Um, for, for him, uh, coming from Germany uh, and, and being here in the U.S. and having a manager that has so much pressure on him and him just pumping out songs every day and his vibe and energy is always the same, he doesn't care if he makes 20000 a gig or 200 bucks. He's just playing his heart out. I think it's also good for me to be around that as well because it, it keeps me grounded. Um, but, yeah, I do appreciate the answer. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and with
3: him, like... Um Say he didn't make the money, right? Like, say he yeah. was doing, he wanted to be a DJ to make the money, and right. he didn't make the money. Would he look back on all the time he was DJing like as a waste? Like, oh, I didn't make the money. But since he's not, and he's just living in that moment, enjoying being a DJ. In twenty years from now, if he doesn't really make a lot of money, he's like, oh, I really didn't care about the money anyway. I just exactly. really enjoyed the ride
2: because you'll you'll never be upset about not having a big house or nice cars or, or yeah, whatever you can do yeah like any yeah.
3: unrealistic expectation and i think when people look to make money specifically it's like you're eventually going to get to a goal right so if your right. goal is money and you get to that goal so you get to that goal in one year right, right? then what do you do right you, you have to like find something else to make money or or what do you do but if you're passionate about something you'll always be passionate about something right and that's money just the way you're going to live at your some life point if yeah it does yeah
1: I feel like if you're chasing money sense. when you get it, you're more unhappy than you were before because you're like, this money is definitely going to make me happy. And then it doesn't. And they're like, okay, now I'm like depressed because I don't know what <coughs> is going to fulfill me or like fill that void.
2: Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of conversations about money, actually. And just yeah.
1: Sure. So if actually, you
3: look at the, the, the most depressed, the, the demographic that's the most depressed in the world and commits the most suicides.
0: That's... I think it's veterinarians, it? but I'm am kidding. I mean, it's true. I think, <laughs> but I know it's not your point. But I think well, it's veterinarians. I, well,
3: I know Actually There's a very doctors. high, doctors. very high demographic of like, very very wealthy investment bankers, right? Mm. They make so much money, but they lose that high, right? Because money's not a thing to them anymore. And then like, well, I've I've made the most money I can. And then they go to drugs, right? And then they their life starts to spiral. And then they're like, shit. I have nothing else that can get me a high and there's no other point of living and they end up committing suicide because money is not the, the cause of happiness. Uh, it's, it's speaking the truth.
1: So many it's celebrities true. too. I feel like they have everything that they could ever want, all the money in the world, and like they just still feel depressed because it doesn't like excite them anymore. Yeah, I feel Everything's like, meaningless.
3: Yeah, I feel like it's a cliche, but when you die, you don't have any money, right? Oh. And yeah, you could leave money to your family and that's nice, but more importantly... If you touched if you touch ten people's lives, right, that is such a rich life that you lived as opposed to having ten million dollars that okay, you'll pass it down to your family and who knows what they'll do with it, and right. that can be risky. but I think a goal in life is to be passionate and touch other people's lives and if everybody touched everybody else's life, what a beautiful world we would live in instead of everybody looking to make ten million dollars like what a shitty world we would live in,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, especially, especially being here in Los Angeles, you're around a lot of money and you're around a lot of people who have <laughs> a lot of things and stuff. And most of the people that I know with a, with a bunch of money aren't necessarily super happy. I think the people that I know who do make a good living and who are um, also happy, like, I, like you said, have a really strong passion. Yeah,
3: and you could do both. Like, yeah. That's the perfect world, right? Yeah. If you do your passion and you make a lot of money, yeah. that's great. But as long as you're true to yourself... You know who
2: cares? Well, we'll check in in um, five years. Five years, I'll well, come back on the pod. I have a good
3: feeling in five years you're gonna be produce, producing.
2: I would love, I would love to produce, act, direct. I'd love to just yeah, get I my foot you in it, have
3: it all. The personality and the drive from what I from what I see that you'll be doing some pretty cool shit. Thank you, so you I, have I appreciate it You kind of look, you look like a director. well, his dad was yeah. a very very good looking actor. He okay. showed me pictures. He
2: was day. yeah, Victor Brown. Shout out dad. Yeah, he's, out out dad. he's a stud. <laughs> um, I will say yeah we should get him on the pod.
0: just kind of going off what joe said i uh i quit my day job a month ago and i was making decent money nothing crazy but decent money didn't hate my job wasn't stressed like the people i work with but didn't really like the work but the past month has been night and day like waking Mm -hmm. up every morning doing this and this alone can i ask what you did Uh, i worked for like a so it's like a real estate development but we did module uh, modular construction. Oh, so, cool. like, where you build it in a factory right. and assemble it on site. Nice. Um, so, and I was the only person out here, didn't have, like on the West Coast, didn't have to commute, could kind of have a flexible schedule. But, like, now I'm like excited to wake up and get to work. Like, there was kind of just a job. So, it and it trickled sc- into your passionate life, too. I yeah. mean, your personal life, too, because you looked,
3: I wouldn't say not happy, you always seemed happy, but just like you want to give more. And now you seem very, way more
0: relaxed because you're giving what you want to give yeah so exactly nice. and getting to work with him every day is is awesome can't, can't, <laughs> you seriously can't put a price tag on it I'm sure um, i wanted to ask change. you about your podcast and your clothing line i want to touch on that a little bit one, one more thing real quick because I, I do want to ask about that okay. but I, also i love what you said about you had kind of more of a tangible goal or yeah more of a tangible goal with having a production company and then the second goal was more of a you know kind of like a mindset because I heard a guy say the other day, his, when people ask him his goal, he says he wants to be proud of himself. I think it's a guy case Kenny who does like a, he's a big Instagram account about like relationship advice, but like, cause he says, if you're proud of yourself, that means everything's kind of in a line, right? You're doing everything unless you're like a sociopath and, or <laughs> whatever. But, um, if you're proud of yourself. So I, I like what you said, the second one cause it's more of a, it's more of a byproduct of like living a certain way as opposed to a specific. And there's also one more thing. I'll let you go. Cause <laughs> no, please. there's a Hunter Thompson quote that I love. Um, Where he he gives advice to a friend and he basically says, beware of looking for goals and instead look for a way of life that you enjoy Mm. and try to make a living doing that. And I think that kind of sums it up. I mean, everything we're saying is kind of on the same page, but all these things obviously help reinforce the idea. But I, I am a big believer in trying to make a living doing what you love. It's such a good
2: topic. I think this needs to be talked about at least a couple times a week with yourself, with people that you know. But just, i like to ramble, but just quickly before I move on to the next topic. Yeah, I cut both of you guys (laughs) I'm sorry. No, it's fine. All three of you. Um, Before we move on to the next topic, I just want to say that um, I think another thing that I also am a little bit, not hesitant, but I'm just, I want to make sure that, and maybe you both have thought about this and you as well, Madison, but um, just feeling like you've achieved and will maybe leave a legacy or feel or felt like i did this that this is great and i feel i feel good i feel happy i feel like i did this and it's a it's an accomplishment do you guys ever feel like that yeah i that feel like up?
3: what drives me in life is to make a difference right right we, we spoke about that a little bit earlier i don't know what that difference is right if it's touching 10 people but having an, some type of impact on the world right like right. what's what's the point of being part of this world you can't make if you just you. die and people yeah, your family's going to care when you die. But what if nobody else is like, oh yeah, he lived mm-hmm. and died and that was his time on mm-hmm. earth. But I think the coolest thing when you look back on history is the people we talk about today, right? In a good way of like how they've been dead for X amount of years, but they're still making such an impact on the world. And I think, especially as a 21 year old, one thing that, you know, it's important to know is like, don't ever feel you're not where you should be. right? Based off of a certain age, right? As long as you're just progressing you're doing the right stuff because I think a lot of people, no matter what age they are, they're always like, oh, I'm not where I should be for a 25-year-old. I'm not where I should be for a 30-year-old. Mm. And it's so stupid because people make make it to whatever they're trying to make it to at any age, right? Like Judge Judy only started becoming Judge Judy when she was like 55 or something, right? And now she's one of the most famous people in the world. So, you know, yeah, people get really lucky at 21 to be super famous and like have all the success. It's so rare and you should not try and live your life with those rules. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're progressing each day, don't ever be like, "Shit, my friend's 25 doing this. I'm 25 doing this. I feel like I'm way behind in life. Terrible outlook
0: on life." It's great just advice. Just progress each and every day.
2: Thank you very much. That's really good advice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just a big. I've become a big believer in byproduct, right? Like, if you know whether it's wealth or success or all these end goals. I think that they should be a byproduct of like living a life that you are proud of, enjoy, and actually enjoy doing the stuff every day is the best way to do it, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree.
1: I think it's also good to feel like you're living up to your own personal potential. Like, Am I doing the best that I can in this moment with the resources that I have or the place I'm in in my life? Instead of comparing yourself to people around you, kind of comparing yourself to yourself, like what you think that you can achieve.
3: Oh, I think that's the best way to look at life and i think a lot of people are like oh i don't have the opportunity to do this i don't have the opportunity to do that and it's like well you have the opportunity to be a better version of yourself today than you were yesterday right. so true. and yeah maybe maybe you don't have the capabilities of being a ceo or you don't have the capabilities of launching a fashion line but if you're trying to maximize your capability that's all you can control right so if you're being your best self then you're living a life that is full of whatever you can give. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: So I want to maybe we can wrap with Maddie's. uh, I want to talk about your brand and stuff. But uh, first, let's hit you with the rapid fire round. So it is time for our speed dating rapid fire hot seat interrogation presented by Craig's. Thank you, Craig's, for the uh, (laughs) lovely to go drinks. (laughs) What are we drinking tonight, Joe? April Spritz, right? April Spritz. Spritz. Great choice. Beautiful spring evening. (laughs) Uh, So it's just going to be your basic rapid fire round um, presented by Craig's, of course. Thank you, Craig's. Um, So you can, whoever wants to answer first, if you have an answer, you can go first each time. So it's just going to be kind of rapid fire. Uh, What is the best thing that happened to you today?
1: This podcast, obviously. I was
2: literally going to say being here, (laughs) this podcast, yeah.
0: Love it. Okay. We know you (laughs) still got dinner ahead, so I'm hoping... That that answer is still true before you go to bed tonight. I'm I sure think it will
2: it, I be. think it will be okay.
0: <laughs> cool. Uh, what is the best compliment you've ever received? That I'm a good communicator. I, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say, love it.
1: <laughs> mm, I don't know. Okay. Can't think
2: of one. Or that yeah. I'm good at cornhole. Actually.
1: Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right. Challenge accepted.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, challenge accepted. Partner. Yes. I would love. <laughs> I would love to play some cornhole. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite date spot.
2: Home the wall Mexican spot
1: did we both answer these yeah yeah oh okay <laughs> um yeah I would say like a not popular restaurant where you can like talk and it's not super loud
0: cool favorite romantic comedy
1: I don't watch any movies so well oh.
0: um how to
2: lose a guy in 10 days
3: okay I watched that last night
2: such a good film great one uh
0: a movie that made you cry <laughs> if you have one but.
1: <laughs> never cried in a movie
2: I always cry in movies um <laughs> I'd say the movie that I cry, the notebook made me cry a lot, okay. actually. So cliche. <laughs> but yeah, we could go on about this. But yes, yeah, we'll, oh yeah. we'll go with that, that list is
0: long here as well. Uh, most played song on your Spotify?
2: Oh, geez. Probably Skeleton, Travis Scott.
0: Okay.
1: I literally don't listen to music and don't watch movies. So these are terrible. The she on listens to music. Come but on. I don't like listen to songs over and over. I don't know how to answer that.
0: Does anything have two plays?
1: Probably, but i okay. Like, so not a music person. <laughs> Is Kill Bill? Yeah, kill Bill. SZA, album.
0: Okay. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? That's the next question.
2: I do uh, Moves Like Jagger. Yeah. Ooh,
0: oh,
1: okay.
0: wow. It's a high energy. Uh, I like it. Yeah, it's fun.
1: I wish I could answer these questions.
0: <laughs> okay, if anything pops up, uh, we're going to do a Marry, Fuck, Kill, but we're going to go for the music, not the person. Justin Bieber, Sean Mendez, and Kygo. So you get to...
1: Music, not person. So
0: one you can never listen to again. One you can listen to every day if you marry them, and if you kill them, or if, if you fuck them, then it's like once in a while.
1: <laughs> okay. Who are the artists again? I'm sorry. <laughs> The,
0: the Beebs. Beebs. Sean Mendes We're and Kygo. Beebs for sure. Kygo.
2: Yeah, Beebs for sure, Mary. Um,
1: kill Sean Mendez, I think.
0: Really? I'd kill Kygo, honestly. Okay.
1: And fuck Kygo. <laughs> okay. All
0: right. If you could have a drink with anyone living or dead, who would it be?
1: These questions are hard. Mm. Hey, I always say, this, is the,
0: this is the rapid fire hot seat interrogation.
1: I always say Chris Jenner, but then my sister recently said Howard Stern, who I thought was a really good answer. Okay. Because I feel like he would have a lot of insight.
3: Okay. Mine would be Jay Shetty.
1: Or okay. Jay Shetty. I'd
2: love to have a drink with um, De Niro, Robert De Niro. Ooh. We could pick that hat. Nice. I would die. That would be
0: amazing. You could like De Niro a little bit. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I would love to have a drink with okay. that guy. Uh, where do you want to go on your honeymoon? Not necessarily together.
1: I want to go to South Africa and go on a safari.
0: Okay. nice. Probably somewhere in Asia. Cool. Favorite quote or mantra? Something you live by or something you
1: enjoy? I like to say, I feel like we talked about this like this week. The only time you really fail at something is if you give up and otherwise it's kind of just pivoting through life and like that's what I feel like life is.
0: Okay. That's
2: great. I'm going to say something very cliche, but you miss 100% of the shots you don't take.
0: Love it. Love both of those answers. Um, What is your biggest fear in life? I know you kind of spoke about some sharks and falling off a cliff. I think I'll... Go ahead. You can answer. Sorry to cut you off.
1: No, I was going to say probably not living up to my potential or feeling like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of regrets. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like the other type of fear, sharks are pretty scary. (laughs) And snakes. I hate snakes. Yeah, snakes.
2: She also hates... um, when someone is chewing or, like, mm. drinking water next to her sense. or, like, ASMR. It freaks Thank her God out. I'm a coi. I'm chewing. Oh. <laughs>
1: no, it's okay. It's
0: okay. Um, last one. What does love mean to you? Hmm. hmm. What was that line from um, Wedding Crashers? Oh, we talked about that
1: oh, last, yeah. last, last podcast.
0: Oh and True and love and is your soul's count. recognition of its counterpoint yeah. or counterpart in yeah, the yeah. universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's it. Yep, yeah. actually, I mean, we were talking who true. were we talking to? it yeah.
3: was our last podcast. It was, yeah. Yeah, was oh, it. Julia Barrett.
0: Oh, Julia, yeah, and we were just saying uh we were talking about soulmates and and I think that's a I think great. It makes a lot of sense, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I like that. I agree.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, we do want to ask you about the brand. We know you guys have dinner in 19 minutes. So is it in West Hollywood or close? It's close by. It's close, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. So do you want to talk about the brand a little bit? Because you uh, started in 2021 is when you kind of officially?
1: Yeah. February 2021, we launched. But I was working on it for like two years before that. Um, it was during COVID. So it kind of like we got off track a little bit. But it's been definitely a journey of learning how to make clothing because it's never something that I learned. I was not. I didn't go to fashion school. I wasn't a designer. So it's been a lot of trial and error. Um, but yeah, it's fun. We're still, we so during COVID, I made a lot of loungewear because that's what people were wearing. Now we're kind of out of that and trying to figure out the niche that we want to be in. But it's been a lot of fun.
3: Awesome. What's yeah. the name of the company?
1: It's called Artless.
3: Love it. Okay. Yeah. We're going to order some. Oh, I'm I'll gonna send get hands. is it just is it whatever you, or- you want.
1: No, we have loungewear. So we started with loungewear, and then I was like, I don't want to do loungewear anymore. And now we're back to loungewear a oh, little sure bit. Been great stuff. But we have unisex sweatsets, which are pretty cool. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm
3: going to buy two one for me, one for Hannah. Oh, nice. So and so what's awesome. the podcast about?
1: So the podcast is called Call Your Friends, and I host it with my sister, who's 18. So we kind of have different perspectives on the same issues. Because she, well, when we started, she was like 14. So it was like a big difference. And so now. You're
3: four years go- running now? Oh.
1: Yeah, we've been doing it for four years.
3: You're in the top one percent of podcasters. Really? How many episodes do you have?
1: I don't know. We don't count them, but it's been four years, so we do it every week.
3: Yeah. Wow. wow. It's been a How lot. many subscribers do you have? i
1: have, like downloads. I uh, do mean,
0: what are subscribers? Uh, well, subscribers are probably be YouTube. Yeah. But downloads would be everything else. Probably do you like a couple filmed, million. Do, you, do you use camera as well, or is it mostly just?
1: Yeah. We. So when we started the network we were with, we're like. No cameras. Like we don't post on YouTube. It's gonna mess up the downloads. But now I think everyone's kind of coming around to recording videos. Right. So now we do. Wow,
3: that's great. Yeah. yeah so we really fun. we were listening to something the other day, and you know Chris Williamson. He's like one of the biggest podcasters no, in the world. So he's like a he's like a Jay Shetty kind of guy. Okay. Um, and he said that uh ninety percent of podcasts don't make it past the third episode. Yeah, of the ten percent that. that do, ninety percent don't make it past twenty one. So if you make 21 or more podcasts, you're in the top 1% of podcasters all time. Wow, wow, that's so crazy. So you're, like, way ahead of that.
1: Crazy. I feel like during so COVID, too, everybody, like, a lot of people started podcasts. It will be interesting to see how many people, like, stick with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay, so we spoke about artless. We spoke about podcast. Um, for each of you, what's, what's coming up? Anything exciting? Uh, any projects or anything that you want to plug that you're working on? Any cool music videos or anything?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, we actually worked
0: on, uh, I had the
2: pleasure of uh, directing one of her campaigns for her recent, um, I guess, lookbook. You guys should check it out. It's very cool. It's, uh, we spent a good amount of time working on it. And mm-hmm. Oh, that's the one with the team proud. that opens up with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really like that.
1: It's it really cool. Yeah.
2: yeah, that was definitely fun. So she's helped me open the door, um, to kind of the fashion world, I think for me, um, I'm working on a, f- a feature film coming up this summer, which is going to be very fun. Um, don't know much about it, just know that I'm on for directing it, and it's kind of in the um, in the pre-production phase. We're going out for some um, cool people. It's basically about uh, the Cuban um, Revolution, nice. and we're going out for one of my um, my good buddies, his father's Andy Garcia, and we would love for him to be a part of it. So that's kind of what we're uh, working on right now. Super cool. Um, awesome. so it's definitely something that's. Um, I think I'm here and that's over there so I definitely would I'm very happy to be there to to obtain that but um yeah other than that just some short films and stuff like that but nothing too big cool she has another campaign coming up actually
1: yeah I feel like I'm always working on just like the next thing nothing like no major projects coming up but always you know designing new pieces and Mm -hmm. working on new campaigns yeah it's very fun
0: Awesome. Nice. And uh, where can people find you online if they are so inclined? And I'll I'll put the links in the show notes as well. But
1: do you want like social media? Yeah, website? whatever you got, whatever you want. So my Instagram is just Maddie Orlando. My brand's Artless ArtlessForever.com. and the podcast is Call Your Friends. Cool. Uh,
2: my phone number, even though I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, my Instagram is Aiden M Brown, and uh, website will be up for A M B Productions in the next month or so. So
0: look out for that. Um, but other than that, yeah. Well, hopefully we can afford you and hire you one day. That would be awesome. Oh, <laughs>
2: I will work for free for you guys, 100%. <laughs> well,
0: Only it's one. on camera, so. <laughs> oh, uh, and much. you can find us on Instagram at First Rounds on Joe at Steve Rossiter, and most importantly, at First Rounds on me. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. For now, check out one of our past episodes.